Destroy! 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 Company! Destroy! 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 Company! Destroy! Destroy! Company! Destroy! Destroy! Company! Destroy! 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 Company! Hello, listeners. Welcome to another week of Ross Purdy Destroys Comedy. I am your host, Joe Rogan. You see, what I'm doing is I'm going to call myself Joe Rogan from now on. So people think that I actually am Joe Rogan. So they'll start listening. I dig it. You got any suggestions? What, what should I do? I think you should uh, do a top 10 like David Letterman, the king of all talk shows. Maybe do a top three. <clears throat> you reckon that's what Joe Rogan would do? Just copy David no, Letterman? I, I don't know much about Joe Rogan, but I think he vapes with like Elon Musk. That's about all I really know. <laughs> okay, well, there's no way I'm going to vape with Elon Musk anytime soon. Ugh, Musk. He has all that money yet he can't change his, change his name. <laughs> He's a cool dude. Yeah, for like a mad scientist sort of dude. He's for a mad scientist. He hates <laughs> hates unions. Isn't that his whole thing? He just wants he Chucks likes the car into space. Like <laughs> it's pretty random. Yeah, all the times he chucked the car into space, he could have been like Paying unions. Right. I know very little bit about Elon Musk. Okay, I'm not actually Joe Rogan, okay? I'm not actually, I'm Ross Purdy. The name's in the title. And joining me today from, I would say, a competitor podcast, Tales from the Mind Boat, Travis Nash. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Now, Trav. Can I call you Trav? You can call me what you want. <clears throat> See, when I initially booked you, I thought I was getting rap superstar Travis Scott. <laughs> now, the, I didn't look the at... The hamburger or the, or the rapper? <clears throat> the hamburger? Yeah, he's got a burger named after him. And it's just basically a quarter pounder or something. <clears throat> Oh, oh, that's how you know you made it, man. That's how you know you made it. You got a hamburger <laughs> named after you. Freaking Tupac never yeah. got a hamburger named after him. Well, he died too soon. That's why people say he's too, he died too soon. He could have done so much more. They're talking about him getting the burger, I think. Yeah, but Notorious B.I.G., you reckon naming a burger after him would have been like an insult or something? No, he would have loved it. I'm, I'm sure he's part, like packed a few burgers away in his time. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, he is notoriously big. So he's like naming a hamburger saying, this is what got you there, mate. This is what got you. B-I-G, if you know what I mean. He could do commercials and be like, do you want to look like this? Start eating some McDonald's like Big Macs. Yeah, I know. Look like this and rap like this. Get those rap skills. So yeah, I thought you were Travis yeah. Scott. 
And I had a whole bunch of like rap music questions. I can pretend to be. I don't really know much about what the kids are listening to these days. I just oh. know about fast food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know about the Travis Scott burger. Well, maybe you can help me with that because I'm looking for a new feed to have. Sure. Okay. But first off, I got the one music question. You know Taylor Swift? Ah, uh, yeah, I, I've heard that name once or twice. Yeah, I'm just wondering, like, why did she think it was okay to write that song about, like, how the Irish should eat babies? <laughs> I don't know. I guess just for attention, I guess, for the lols. Yeah, she's trying to claim it's satire, and it's, like, about how, like, the rich are, like, taking advantage of the working class and so on and so forth. And it's just there other ways to do that, you know, without advocating, like, baby cannibalism. I don't know. It could be a confession. Like, it could be one of those, I'm so rich, I can get away with anything. I can just put it in a song kind of deal. Well, so what you're trying to tell me right now Taylor Swift's baby eating song is kind of like Usher's Confessions, but like it's Taylor Swift's Confessions part three. Yeah. She's not even trying to hide it because you don't need to hide that stuff anymore. Like she knows that nothing's going to happen. So doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. Like all that spirit cooking stuff. (laughs) And what is it? The adrenaline or something like, you know, you're, that, like young people's blood and it makes you more youthful looking. Oh uh, yeah. I think that's a big thing in Silicon Valley apparently. All those all those uh software developers need to stay young and and, and fertile. <clears throat> right. And I heard to get into the mindset, to get into character, Thomas Middleditch just constantly got younger people's blood and put it inside him for the show. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure all the cast has to do that for him or he won't go on. <laughs> yeah, Mike Judge, he's like a freaking fascist man. He's like, you got to get that baby blood inside you. And TJ Miller's the only one who fought against it. That's why he got fired. Boom. Well, he got too shriveled up. They took too much blood from him. And they tried to make out he was racist in, um, was it China or something? I can't even remember. Such a while ago. Oh, well, didn't they like dump him off in some like, yeah. He was like in some opium den or something. Yeah, he was slagging off someone and then they like arrested him and no one's ever seen him again. <laughs> right, now I'm getting to the bottom of things. Now I'm getting to the bottom of these celebrities. These fucking liberal <laughs> celebrities trying to preach to me and they're all just taking baby blood. That's reasonable. Yeah. It's a reasonable position to take. That's why we're in lockdown right now, because we're getting too close to the truth. They don't want us to, to dig deeper. Start like um, Hardy Boys detective style. So, Travis Scott, you're coming out and saying right now, Dan Andrews, the freaking Stalin-esque dictator he is, that we all know he is. Yeah. Knows that we're getting too close to the truth about the baby blood. And that's why he's like, Yeah, of course. Well, why don't you write a rap about it? Yeah, I'm trying, but, you know, I can't really. I don't know how to, um, 
not really, I can't find really a word for like blood. I don't think anyone's rhymed that word before. Fud. So, uh, thud? Cud. Cud? I tried all these, it just, you know, it's not just the rhyme, it's the context as well. Like, you know, I don't want to, I'm not writing Mary Had a Little Lamb here. I'm writing like, you know, the street, you know, where I'm obviously from. Yeah, yeah, because you're <laughs> Travis Scott, not Travis Nash. Yeah. I mean, you could do, I, I'm taking the blood from the babies. Like, unlike my man, Kid Cud. And then you have Kid Cuddy come on. And then he does something about like how lonely he is and something like that. <laughs> how little baby blood he has, you know, in storage. Like maybe he'll be less a lonely stoner if he had some baby blood inside him and all that stuff. Right. You know, I, I don't want to get too Soylent Green, you know, like <clears throat> I think if I put the message too far out there, like everyone's going to start drinking you know, baby blood. And then, you know, I've already got issues with the anti-vaxxers because we all know that the anti-vaxxers is actually that blood's for me. That they, they're taken out of the children. They're not vaccined at all. They're just blood that gets sent to me. And, uh, you know, I shower in it and stuff. Whoa, whoa. This is a hot exclusive. <laughs> Travis, Travis Scott, who I'm obviously talking to right now, showers in baby blood. Yeah, you know. Is this what inspired you to write Sicko Mode? Uh, you know, just I was playing Sonic the Hedgehog and uh, I got like a hundred rings and I just went uh, went supersonic for a while and, I, and then my friend was going, that's Sicko Mode. And I went, there's something in that. So, you know, that's the origin story. And uh, you made what Richard Kingsmill from Triple J called the Bohemian Rhapsody of rap. With that, how do you feel? Yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, now that Freddie's dead, you know, and, and uh, there's been accusations I had a lot to do with that. Again, of blood transfusions and stuff. Whoa. So, uh, you know, he's gone and uh, the band haven't been the same since. So, uh, you know, join the dots. <laughs> okay. Mean, you know, like all monarchy for European history, you know, it's always about another, you know, a, you know, a stronger, you know, more, more in touch with the people always come along and behead the last person and just step in. Okay. So I knew, I knew Easy E got injected with HIV blood by Sugar yeah. Knight. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know Freddie Mercury had the same thing happen to him. Yeah, you oh. know. It's in the books. You know, it's in the movie. Wow. And they <laughs> cut it out because China that, didn't want it, right? Even that Mr. Robot guy that played Freddie Mercury, I had him, like, he actually had, he got some of my AIDS blood and injected it in himself just to be a massive method actor. <laughs> That's why you don't see him anymore. Mr. Robot finishes. He's gone. Christ, we're unveiling all the secrets today. They're not secrets. They're all out there. You know, just go on Reddit. They're all there. <laughs> I mean, the secrets to the general public, Travis. Scott. I need to remind people that you are, in fact, Travis Scott. And look, yeah. you, may, you may be a bit detached from the regular people, but for us regular people, those are secrets. <laughs> 
you know, like uh, when you're when you're this high up, you know, it's hard to see the little people down there. You know, doesn't really matter as long as I got my blood. Okay, now that's the Travis Scott interview. Thank you for doing that for me. I was I, I initially tried to book Travis Scott on because I wanted to send it to Triple J, and just get on there and say, "See, I interview big rappers." Sure. And we got so much out of that. Like 10, yeah, 15 yeah. minutes of baby blood. Yeah, I know. Like, uh, you know, I'm not lying. Like, I may not be Travis Scott, but like all us Travises stick together and we all like babying in baby blood. That's why you get that name. It's a tradition. Okay. Well, I don't know if you're still in character or, I mean, you're tripping me out, man. <laughs> Okay, so now this is the Travis Nash interview. Sure. Right. Okay. Just imagine there's like a like a like a signboard clapper. Um uh boom. Okay, we're ready. And I like to think this show is more of an interrogation than an interview. Uh oh, am I in trouble? At a certain point I might start waterboarding you, but if the water was in fact questions. Hmm. Now, this is over Zoom, so if you could, like, put a cloth over your face while I interview you. Uh, I got, I've got, like, the thing I clean my glasses with. Is that good enough? Yeah, that's fine. Sure. Okay, good. So now I'm going to start waterboarding you if the water was questions. So, Travis Nash. Yeah. How would you describe yourself to the listeners? If I was writing a Wikipedia article about your life. Uh, just uh, some dude. Wears pants. Uh, I don't know. He breathes. Walks around. Does stuff. Mammal. Is that good enough? Whoa. Mammal. But wears pants. Yeah. It's freaking gold, Jerry. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I hate when you used to, like, people have to write bios about yourself. Like, I normally just go to a, <clears throat> there's a website that creates pretentious art bios or like explanations for like crappy art. And I just yeah. normally cut and paste that because they're pretty good. <laughs> or I just take, you know, whatever the thing about a description of Gandhi from like Wikipedia and I just copy and paste that. I don't even bother to change Gandhi's name. <laughs> Whoa, okay. That's why I wanted to ask you from, from like the horse's mouth because I was reading one of those bios as research and it just said Gundy and I'm like, this ain't right. Gotta ask the man himself, okay. So now I know. Uh, you know, when you don't know how to do something, you just gotta steal from the best. That's my advice. Well, this whole podcast is a testament to that. <laughs> So, okay. So you describe yourself as a man, a mammal with pants. <laughs> I don't know. Would you describe yourself as like a Renaissance man, maybe? Uh, podcast Titan, Coney man, <laughs> extraordinaire. Yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm just a guy that does stuff until I fail, and then I move on to something else because <clears throat> I don't like to. Uh, 
sit too idle at times because then the dark thoughts come and then uh you know then we're all in trouble whoa we're all in trouble <laughs> if the dark thoughts come yeah you know you just got to keep busy you wish everyone to be all right okay so i mean you describe yourself as just a guy that does stuff until he fails and moves on that's a lot yeah. of people though is it what makes you special what makes travis nash unique um nothing special my mom told me so so uh yeah she's right on with that okay you can't you can't just tell your mother let your mother tell you who you are uh, she like you know <laughs> carried me for a while i meant you know that annoyed her she's the sort of person that doesn't even like carrying groceries let alone a fetus in a womb <coughs> so yeah there's a bit of resentment there obviously <coughs> well i might be mis i might misinter be misinterpreting this but she carried groceries in her uterus no uh <clears throat> i was making the comparison that she doesn't even like to carry groceries that are too heavy in like in uh, her uterus yes that's what you said did i that's what you said no, I heard i'll you. stand behind it you know I if it's on the podcast it's 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 true now so you know i'm in trouble <laughs> with my mom i think i'm grounded so you you're more scared of your mom than you are of travis scott yeah of course I don't know who Travis Scott is. I uh, I'm totally out of. He's like you know, the I know big, the '90s. And he's, that's the biggest, about he's the biggest rapper in the world right now. If you're 18. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh, bus driver and uh, Cool Keith are probably where I got to, and then I don't know. Maybe my Napster account shut down and I couldn't get any more new music. I don't know what it was. <clears throat> now we're back to the Triple J interview again. Uh, sure. So, that Easy E biopic, do you think it was wrong of them to get Emma Stone to play him? <laughs> yeah, she can do what she wants. She's a talented actress. The blackface was, uh, you know, it was in good taste. It wasn't too, what, minstrel? <laughs> I mean, sure. I mean, she wore prosthetic face gear that made her look exactly like Izzy E, but that doesn't make it okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I know a lot of people had issue with it, but quite frankly, I was like, you know, if she wants to get high, because she is a method actress, uh, you know, that's fine with me. You know, I had no issue with her. <laughs> and not once did that movie bring up N.W.A., yeah, you know. It was just the, easy. The Irish uh, terrorist group. Yeah, man. It was just, yeah, it was just like Easy E in high school, pretending that they're like a slut. It's yeah. like, okay, I don't remember this being part of Easy E's backstory, but hey. I just kind of watched it and was like, is this Mean Girls? Like, is this, you know, I'm not seeing any police that have been uh, profanity laid on them and stuff. So, you know, I think they might have got a script mix up there somewhere. 
Yeah, I know. I was highly disappointed. <laughs> Straight out of Compton. Thumbs down. Yeah, thumbs down. Sorry. Straight out of Compton. They did not film that. Straight out of Compton. Yeah. Yeah, this is the, I like where you open up that booklet and it says, this is the truth of street knowledge. You know, and I live by that. That's my, that's my motto in life. Live by the truth of street knowledge. Except, you know, there's not much knowledge on my street. There's just a couple of drunk hobos and, uh, you know, people waiting for buses. I don't know how much knowledge they're uh, giving out. All right, cut. That's the end of the Triple J interview. We're going to slap that onto the end of that. Now we're switching back to the Travis Nash interview for this podcast. Okay, I'll, I'll get into character. Okay. <clears throat> right. I mean, it should be easy because you are Travis Nash, right? This isn't some... Uh, sometimes, you know, I don't know. You mean to tell me that you're like on some Andy Kaufman shit and Travis Nash is like your Tony Clifton? Yeah, well, it's not my real name, so maybe. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> now that's the end of the Triple J interview. <laughs> we'll play with people's heads like, who is this? Is this Travis Scott? Is this Travis Nash? I don't know anymore. I'm an enigma, you know. I'm the closest thing to a Batman villain in real life. <laughs> okay, and you're the one, your movie caused all those shootings that never happened? Pretty much. Okay. Okay. So what questions do I have for the man, the myth, the legend, the podcast Titan? Talk to me. Talk to me about your career. Talk to me. You got a career? I used to, uh, I worked at a potato factory and. Uh, oh yeah. That's great. I learned the difference between um, like rocks and potatoes because I had to separate them and uh, you know, that was a pretty eye-opening experience. <clears throat> so if anybody wanted to know the difference between a rock and a potato, you just, just come to me. I'll I'll look at it and I'll give you a I'll give you my expertise for free. Okay, I wish I had you there when I was like eating those rocks. I thought <laughs> they were potatoes, man. Thought... Yeah, well, that, that factory's closed down, so now everyone's eating rocks. So, you know. <laughs> I'm like, I can't believe There's they no make. Grade them. Can't believe they make vodka out of this. Yeah, out of rocks. Like, yeah, that's some messiah type magic right there. Is that what I mean when you make a drink on the rocks? Yeah. Okay, now it's starting to, to make sense. It's starting to come together. Sure. Okay. Why did you call a brain a mind boat? It's a brain. <laughs> no, not the. Uh... Just the, um, you know, our brains uh, are complex machines that, uh, that, you know, if we don't have a mind, if we don't have a brain, then we don't have a mind. And, uh, you know, it's uh, traveling on like the wavelength of uh, unconscious thought that I'm kind of down with. Okay. Well, the, the brain's the vessel, you know, the brain's the vessel for the, the mind, the I imagination and thoughts. Okay, I just thought you were playing like funny buggers and thought, how about instead of calling my show Tales from the Mind Bo Tales from the Brain, I call it Tales from the Mind Boat. Really fuck people's shit up. 
No, I just, I mean, I don't know. There's not much thought put into it. It's more uh, the idea and then having a crappy excuse afterwards. I think all art should be like that. I'm pretty sure Leonardo da Vinci just painted the Mona Lisa and he's like, oh, I don't know what this is. And people are like, oh, that's really good. What's it about? And then he had like a story about it afterwards. He just made up some crap. I assume. I don't know. I didn't know the guy. So. I know he had that code. Yeah, he did. That was the, that was the code to his locker, I think. Okay. Why did Forrest Gump get it then? Uh, you know. <clears throat> Probably just CGI'd. I don't think he actually got it. I'm pretty sure that was just CGI'd by Pixar to make it look like, you know. I mean, because like Forrest Gump's not the smartest man in the world. He thinks like his best analogy is life is like a box of chocolates. Like, you know, I don't think he's going to be like starting up some sort of, you know, fish company or whatever the hell he did or meet Richard Nixon man or whatever that's going on. I don't think he did any of that. I'm pretty sure that was all CGI. Really? And by Pixar too. Yeah. Yeah. They're the Kings. They're the Titans. So what you're saying to me is Toy Story is actually about a fully grown Toy Story is about a fully grown developmentally disabled man. That's being played no, with by a toy. Forrest Gump CGI. Toy Story is not it. That's real. That's not even computer graphics. Like, do you think they had the power back then to do graphics like that? Do you know what came out the same year as, like, you know, Doom came out. That was the best graphics we could get at the time. And, like, Bubsy the Cat 64. The graphics are terrible. You really think they can make Toy Story? I doubt it. That's real. That's just toys came to life. I don't know how they did it. Some sort of like Jim Henson magic. I don't know. I don't know if they got a Ouija board and contacted Jim Henson to get the toys to come to life through some sort of marionetting. I don't know what's happening. What you're trying to say it's is just a theory. Trying to say is boys <laughs> and their toys, all right? Yeah, you know. It's relatable. You know, that's why the movie did so well. And what you're also trying to say is, not as, along with boys and their toys, is that Doom was really setting itself up for the bad reviews and the bad box office with its name. Yeah, well, you know, we all know it's like overhyped. You know, what is it? It's a game. It's, you know, supposed to be going to hell, but everything looks the same. Same corridors, same monsters. <laughs> not really what I imagine hell to look like. What do you imagine hell to look like? I would say like uh, a high school that you can't leave where everyone judges you. <laughs> wow, okay. So you went to high school in hell? Yeah, pretty much. And then I, uh, I got actually asked to leave hell. So I didn't actually finish my, my prison sentence. So, you know, I'm one of the lucky ones that got out. <clears throat> right, so that, that that was heaven, actually. <laughs> was it? Maybe the people, yeah, I assume it was for a lot of people. Well, Catholic, there's not much difference between Catholic heaven and hell. You yeah, both get punished. True. Yeah, there's a lot of guilt. There's a, you know, there's a truckload of guilt that just gets dumped on you daily. 
Okay, so Mind Boats. Talk to me about this podcast. Sell it to me. Sell it to me like I'm a <laughs> six-year-old. Uh, it's just it's just ramblings of an old man, you know. I've seen a lot, <laughs> done a lot of things. It's just, uh, you know, it's uh, whatever I want to do. It's like <clears throat> just an expression, I guess, of ideas and thoughts and stories, music, you know, whatever I feel like doing that week. All right. Okay. Because I'm thinking, I got a story to pitch to you. Sure. My story. So I was at summer camp, right? And also, I know you do like sometimes ambient music underneath the stories. Could you like do some sort of I like to this? All right, there we go. Yeah. It was summer camp. Sure. There was this girl. We're at a campfire. She looked me in the eyes. I looked her in the eyes. I keep doing it. I keep doing the. The wind was blowing. Her wavy brunette hair really caught my eye. We knew something was there, but we weren't sure, sure what. So is this your So have you ever done it before? She asked, and I'm like, no, I don't think I have done it before. And she was like, well, I want your first time to be with me. And I'm like, whoa, keep doing it. Keep doing it. I'm running out of air. I think I'm going to pass out. It's too much exhaling. Shoot. Oh, yeah. I thought, whoa. He's coming on a bit strong, but I was so nervous. There was no way I was going to make the first move. So I was glad for it. She then grabbed out a Pizza Hut pizza box. And she had a large pepperoni pizza. And that was the first time that I ever ate pizza. <laughs> so what a do you good story. I like that. What it's do you relatable. think? Relatable. Yeah, that's what, we're, you know, that's what it's about. It's about, you know, you want something relatable. It's like the things that, um, you know, the mundane things that people don't think about, but, you know, when someone sort of puts a spotlight on it, you're kind of like, yeah, I've, I've done that before. You know, we've all remember our first pizza with a special someone. Yeah. I, and this was when I was 25, by the way. Sure. So I was at summer so a camp. bit of a late bloomer with the pasta, you know. The, yeah, yeah. You were, you were pretty anti-Italian back then, I've heard. So it does make a lot of sense. I, I, just, I, just, I just saw do the right thing and I thought, these Italians are being really racist towards these black people. I'm, gonna, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm nowhere near their food. <laughs> well, I saw The Godfather and I was like, you know, I don't want to wake up with like, a pizza in my bed so i better start you know eating this stuff and just joining in to not raise any alarms <laughs> dude no it happened to me once when i when i ate sure. some pizza a year later i ate a, a horse made of pizza like a little pizza horse that's amazing 
Where'd you get the pizza horse from? I just called up. I just called up eBay, and I said, "Hey, eBay." <laughs> you called them up. Called up eBay. Hey. I want to. I want. I don't want to bid on food. I just want the food. Just send me food. And then do you have to bid on it though, or did you did you did you win a? Was there other people wanting that pizza horse? I, I rang them up because I didn't want to bid on it. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'll pay. So it was like a service. I paid for a thousand dollars. Stable. So they have a stable of pizza horses. Is that what you're saying? And you can just anytime, anywhere. Yeah, they just make. You know how some people make paper mache stuff. Well, that's just like that, but like pizza. So it's like a pizza horse. It's uh, it's just like something that should be on Etsy or something like some sort of. <laughs> yeah, but I think in the yeah. in the parcels. The pizza will make the box all just all soggy and just gross. And what about the Uber driver that delivered it to you? Was he like weighed down by this? Is it life size? It was life size. It wasn't an Uber driver. It was it was an eBay driver. Oh. It was eBay. But it was, was it a drone? Was it, was... it a was it an Uber driver driving a drone and <laughs> trying to balance holding your horse? Oh man, I wish it was just a regular eBay driver. They were driving like a company car. So it's like <laughs> eBay came to my house and they're like, "Here, here's a pizza horse. Leave us alone." And I ate the pizza horse. So what do you reckon? How many how many chef hats would you give? Oh man, I'll give like ten. Ten out of eleven. Wow, that's a good pizza horse. Yeah, good, not great. Yeah, you know, did you eat the whole thing? Surely that would be a bit of a task. I didn't end up eating the whole thing like in one sitting. I did wake sure. up the next day and just have the pizza horse head in my bed. And I'm like, oh shit, what happened? And then I remembered that I was eating some of it in bed and I fell asleep. Did you, do you have buyer's remorse afterwards? <laughs> oh yeah, when you're on the freaking can the next day, Struggling to pass through that barely digested pizza horse. You have some regrets, Travis. And that's my next story I want to pitch to you. Sure. Will, will this get me on the podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. If I talk about... I never say no. If I talk about shitting out a pizza horse? <laughs> yeah, of course. Place yeah. the maybe at music. Again, it's relatable content, you know. It's the, um, you know, I want to go for that, that Charles Bukowski, uh, you know, just talking about the real things going on. Right. Gambling, women, pizza horses, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Pizza horse was actually <laughs> one of the drugs uh, Hunter S. Thompson got high off in Vegas. Does make a lot of sense. I think that was the only drug that uh, gave him a bad trip. Everything else was pretty, he was pretty mute too. But the oh, yeah. pizza horse knocked him out for a couple of years. Oh yeah. Man, he tried eating the pizza horse, but he bit the head off a bat he saw in back country. <laughs> and actually and all, those years, all those years ago, he, he's the one who spread coronavirus. That's right. 
Uh, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. You know, they did. Johnny Depp did shoot him out of a cannon when he died. I know Johnny Depp was trying to say that, like, yeah, it's what he wanted when he died. But I don't know. Like, <laughs> it seems a bit bizarre. I think Johnny Depp's just a bit of a, you know, I think he played Edward Scissorhands and never stopped playing Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> oh, wow. This is a hot take right now. So you're saying Johnny Depp just became Edward Scissorhands? I'm pretty sure, but then he didn't want to go full in, so now he, you know, the the scissor hands is gone. So now he's just kind of Edward, normal man hands, and he's just he's just letting he's just firing off people he knows that die out of cannons. And what he does is like you know in the movie Edward Scissorhands where like <clears throat> he cuts everyone's hair and then the neighborhood turns against him and he has that dumb face and just runs off. That's pretty much how he gets away with anything he does these days. You're like, Johnny Depp, that movie sucked. Then he just does a dumb face and like runs off. Same with the cannon. They're like, I don't think you should shoot Hunter S. Thompson's ashes out of a cannon. Dumb face ran off and everyone's just like, ah, oh, that scamp. Johnny Depp with human hands. Yeah, he puts a mustache on. He says, I'm Mordecai now. He goes, don't do that. <laughs> Takes it off. Does dumb face. We forgive him. I'm pretty sure he's a secret agent that nobody hired. Like he's just getting intelligence that nobody wants. <laughs> right, right. I'm learning a lot. I'm learning a lot today about Johnny Depp. Yeah. Or uh, <clears throat> J uh, D, if you like friends with him. I guess you could probably use that. <laughs> okay. So the show Scrubs was based off him. Pretty much. Whoa. Again, uh, Johnny, Je- Johnny Depp did try to sue them and then uh, it uh, actually was on Judge Judy and Judge Judy was just like, this is ridiculous. You're a complete waste of my time. And then she got um, Bird to like throw him out and then he just did dumb face and ran out of the room. I like how a big Hollywood <laughs> celebrity suing like a major television sitcom is low level enough to end up on Judge Judy. Yeah, she's, no, often, she's often settling like neighbor disputes and stuff. And no, she's, she's had um, the sex pistol guy on there, um, Johnny Rotten. He was on Judge Judy. He oh. was his manager or something. Oh, was that? No, was that when like he was squaring off against Carrie Bickmore? I'm not sure. I, I thought it was like a record contract thing. I, I've only seen like a YouTube sort of highlight thing because like people on the project wouldn't stop talking and then johnny run say hey stop talking you're all talking in my ear and then they all just thought he was sexist <laughs> it's johnny like the guy's called johnny rotten like you know what you're getting with that name he's like a smurf like if a smurf's called greedy smurf and then he like eats heaps of you your pies you can't blame him you can't go oh i wasn't expecting that like you know you know what you're getting. I mean, it's greedy Smurf, not hungry Smurf. So I was just expecting him to like really want money. No, hungry Smurf died because he <laughs> died of like, uh, what do they call it? Um, <clears throat> malnourishment because they like denied him the Smurf berries that he needs to live. <laughs> They're like, Whoa. look, you can't keep eating all the time, hungry Smurf. I think when we really dig down to it, the Smurfs 
is like a fascist state where everyone yeah, everyone has their roles and they're like expected to keep to that role except someone like smurfette that's not really you know it's just she uh, she is a smurf that's like calling like you got a whole bunch of humans then you have one female and you just like human it like <laughs> doesn't make any sense well it's like if we call a call a woman manette yeah. manette <laughs> which was the original title of a hannah gatsby special yeah it was originally all about this actually it was the original title for smurfs like they didn't want to call it smurfs they were just going to call it nanette for no reason <laughs> It was made by crazy French people, so, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's also Smurfette, which also brings up to my next point, is that there is major diversity problems amongst the Smurfs. Sure. They're all blue as well. Where the the green people, for example? They died. Gargamel got them already. He's already, like... Gargamel is, like, the Nazi. Like, he's already, like, abolished... A lot of the races you know and now like the smurfs are the final the fi- final thing that's between him and his uh final solution i reckon originally they envisioned the smurfs as being like like communist soviet russia and gargamel's america yeah. he's trying to bring democracy to that place i'm pretty sure i've seen uh video on youtube of like the writers of the smurf and that's pretty much what they brought to the table and like you know i want to i want to make a kid show about you know the soviet threat and the uh, waking power of the american capitalist and they're like whoa 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 can you tone it down and make it a bit more kid friendly and he's like well how about i make the smurfs and they're like that's what i'm talking about that is that is how it was done okay so there's something to this theory yeah, you know, you know, they told him not to put that. He put his uh, his own political beliefs in the show, but he just couldn't help it. You know, he just would sneak it in subliminally, Fight Club style. You know, right? So much like Fight Club, it's actually about how, like, Edward Norton's like Brad Pitt's imagination or something. Was that that oh, film? Well, how come nobody else, like, the fact that Gargamel can never find that village, like, he finds it pretty much every six episodes. He's always there stomping on toadstool homes, and then he forgets where it is every week. And just like, what? Just get your GPS out, dude. Like, take a bit of Google off. mapping. I reckon they're yeah, supposed to be a wizard as well. Like, surely he could conjure... You know, he made Smurfette. He's that powerful. He can make... He can make a Smurf, so why does he need to find them? He could just make a hundred Smurfs and eat them or whatever the hell he wants to do with them. Like, it's, it's pretty bizarre. He wants, he doesn't want any woman Smurfs. See, that's the problem with Gargamel. He just wants man Smurfs. Yeah. That's the problem. I guess it's like people that, you know, want fresh fruit. They don't want that genetic, like, grown in the lab. Maybe that's the deal. Right. But, you know, so- he just doesn't like magic food. Just gives him indigestion, so he just wants to go to like the fresh, the fresh Smurf section. Right, Smurfette. She's just made of GMOs, right? Yeah, pretty much. You know, she's like Dolly the sheep. She was like the first sort of like, you know, scientific step forward, but magic. 
So which Smurf's the one that's the mouse with the ear on it? <laughs> the mouse? Uh, I don't know. Who is that? Is that the, the Smurf? The Smurf, uh, what are they called? The Smurf kids? What were they called? Smurf kids? Smurflings? Smurflings, that's right. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Earthlings. <laughs> you know the David Bowie album, Smurflings? I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. It was uh, it was just after Hunky Dory. Sure. Sorry. Before before he was whimsical on that one, he got way into it on Smurflings. All oh, right, is that the one with the laughing gnome on it? Is it? Yeah, yeah. So he named Smurfling. So like, I know he got pretty sick of it, uh, Bowie. Like every time he did a concert, and he's you know he's written so many great songs. But just every concert, people are shouting, laughing gnome, laughing gnome. And he just got pretty jack of it. I think that's why he had such a big cocaine problem. Because he just had to, he had to deal with the, like, the pressure of, of every night playing laughing gnome. Like, it fucks his voice up. <laughs> yeah, you need, you need that. You need to be coked up to get that full-on laughing gnome mindset. Yeah. Because a straight person would not do that. Like someone who's just uh, straight edge could not produce that every night after night. You know, in the, in the end, it killed him. Just a laughing gnome just uh, destroyed him. He made that last album and they said, David, you've got to go on tour. And he's like, fuck that, peace. And he just peaced out. Right. Okay, so now we're getting to the more like of the truth. So some people yeah. are saying it was the cancer that got him. Ugh, can't the more like laughing gnome. Like I don't know what that means. So what would you say your laughing gnome is, Travis? Uh the thing that's killing me? Uh I don't know. Uh just uh society corona. Uh the fact that um you know, hey, hey, it's Saturday, tried to come back and then it got cancelled. You know, it broke my heart. So, uh, you know, every day I'm dealing with that trauma. <laughs> I just want some good old Aussie variety and I just can't get it. <laughs> I need Red Simon to just gong people off for trying to entertain people. <laughs> He's always yeah. like, look, I was in Skyhooks, all right? And I was the guy that just looked pissed off all the time. So, you know, I'm the, I'm the voice of talent around here. I saw a Skyhooks clip where they're all dressed up in like wildly different things. And I'm just thinking, well, it's like they want to have a theme, but they couldn't decide what the theme was. Yeah, pretty much. It's almost like they just like all these other like glam bands like broke up and then they just kind of like threw their costumes in a bin. And then Skyhooks were like brawling, you know, because with, you know, pub bands are pretty big back then. I think Skyhawks were just punching on after a gig with like Barnsley or something and they just fell into that bin and then they just sort of got out a couple of weeks later and that's the costumes they're wearing and they're just like fair enough I'm just have to wear this now for now <laughs> yeah the overalls the freaking zoot suit the freaking the feather boa the weird glam pope costume yeah you know you had to sort of like you know, there was, uh, there was too many bands back then, you know. You know, when MySpace was there and you had MySpace music, like, you really had to... You know, Skyhawks had to try really hard, you know. 
So what you're saying is Sky MySpace, and it wasn't even invented yet. So they were, you know, they were blowing minds. Like Sky hooks. They're like you know needed a hook. Yeah, yeah they did. You know, their horror movie song is pretty good and all that, but uh, you know what really got them was like, you know, it started with Tom was their first you know friend on Face Air MySpace. And they, they chucked him like instantly top eight. Next to that was Molly Meldrum, best friend. You know, he was just the hype man. He was pretty much the flavor flave, the sky hooks. Oh, so what you're uh, saying next is to that John Blackman for no reason. He's there. <laughs> what you're saying is underneath that, that I would say uh, Kevin Bloody Wilson, like in the Australian treasure, that should be made a statue of. Yep. Tear down the ostentatious one. Oh yeah, I love that guy. He hates being famous. Like, <laughs> he's a just lucky because he isn't. Yeah, but he he is for the wrong reasons. I think maybe that's why he's so angry. That that I think implies a lot of self awareness that he does not possess. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't really, uh, I don't get it. Like, I, I, and also the intellectual, I, I watched him on like Andrew Denton interviewing him or something. <clears throat> and he just tries to come off like he's some sort of like comedy professor, like saying all these like random isms and stuff. And you're like, dude, you wrote Australiana. <laughs> like, we, well, I don't think he even wrote that. Like, uh, you know. He's not the Bill Hicks of Australian comedy, that's for sure. <laughs> no, he hasn't like died, air quotes, then come back and yeah. hosted in InfoWars. Yeah, I mean, he's got that flipping out of the audience part down, but like, I don't think it gets that viral video clip like Bill Hicks did. <clears throat> you know, you're not going to hear um, Ostentatious on a Tool album. Like, that's the problem right there. You might hear him on like, you know, the best of uh, <clears throat> Bardo or something like that. You might hear a little bit of Ostentatious at the end of one of their long uh, jam sessions. In fact, I think he did. <laughs> did he? Yeah, I think he did. Didn't he? Weren't they on like Pop Stars or something, whatever it's called? And then afterwards he came out after one of their performances and started re reading Australian Anna, everyone just clapped like, whoa, this is a pop hit. Yeah. I think they would bring him out mid-show and uh, just while the band jammed behind him and he would just return into a rap. He basically invented rap. Like, I don't want to get too controversial. <laughs> That's why he has to wear shades because, like, no one can see the dead eyes behind them that have just lived through the... You know, everyone's just stolen everything. You know, he's like the the used up husk while everyone's just milked him like the fat cash cow that he is. Oh yeah. I mean, ostentatious, he's like Grandmaster Flash and Australian Arn is like the message. That's the first hard. early yeah. example of rap. That's right. Yeah, you know, and I think like at the end of it when they get arrested. And then some random guy just runs up and gets arrested too. Like that's that's the Furious Five for you. I think that's the problem. Ostentatious. He didn't have four other guys. 
it was just kind of ostentatious and uh, didn't really have a crew. That's what got him in the end. Yeah. Well, you need to have your, you know, you need to have your other guys with you. You could have Cowboy, the other guy. <laughs> What's his face? The man in the hat. Yeah, man in the hat. You got to have man in a hat. Yeah. Guy doing poses in the but, in the message film clip. Guy doing poses. Yeah. And that's the end of the Triple J interview. <laughs> Boom. We edit that in. We slap that in. Now here's the end of the Travis Nash interview. Sure. Could I take this podcast, this episode, and pitch it as my story for Tales from the Mind Boat? The whole thing. Yeah, of course. The whole thing, yeah. It would save me right in an episode. Take take the whole thing and just just take it, just upload it, and just don't tell anyone. Put ambient music underneath. Sure. How long has this gone for? An hour or something? Oh man, I I'm in the zone, man. I think we've been going for two hours. Oh wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, I can write two hours of music. Don't worry. Yeah. Or it might be 50 minutes or so. Sure, I just loop it. You know. just, yeah. Just, just, just do lazy, you know, craft work, the laziest electronic group ever existed. Yeah, that's just what they did. They just kept hitting one note on a very highly expensive piece of electrical equipment. And, uh, you know, people think they're amazing. We don't have time to get into this, but Craftwork Orange was based on their life story where they like oh, right. beat someone up and then they were put into a program where like, you know, they had to get me reprogrammed to be like good. So you're saying it's like Tron, but directed by Stanley Kubrick. Yes. And they, and they did a cover of Singing of the Rain that's just haunting. Wow. I want to hear that. Is it, a, is it, do they use like a voter, voter code or whatever the hell it's called? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just it makes their voice sound like a Commodore 64. Sing it in the rain, just sing it in the rain. Oh, so, yeah, I reckon that's got to work. It's got legs. Yeah, it won an Emmy. Just weird because it's because <laughs> it's a movie. Did it win this year where it was all skyped? Like yeah, I'm just skyping anyone in. It was just like yep. chat roulette. Yep, it won the award while Anthony Anderson was trying to get Jimmy Kimmel to say "Black Lives Matter." Right. Like, a, in a in an awkward like, is this a serious bit? Is this a comedy bit? It's like it's neither funny or like I don't know what to make of this. I, I think life is funny now. Like, I don't think we can compete. Like, life is so obscure. It's like Tim and Eric direct life now or something like that it's pretty bizarre oh yeah and Eric does Blair everyone Hyde. remember like when Kanye West was there was like that when New Orleans got uh it was like a tornado took it out or something and then they're like all these celebrities are trying to raise money and it was like Mike Myers and Kanye and then Mike Myers was like full serious not doing a voice for a change and then like Kanye's like George Bush doesn't care about black people. And <laughs> it was the most controversial thing he's ever said. Boy, were we wrong. Like, boy, we thought that he's reached, you know, he said the most outrageous thing ever. But, you know, he just has to keep outdoing himself and good on him. 
Yeah. Well, the thing about Kanye West is, is that he runs on like contrarian energy. Like he has to be like, he has to be seeing like, he's like fighting against the public or the public's fighting against him. Yeah, that's true. He, he survives on outrage, I think. Like Trump. I think Trump's the same. It's like if he's not outraging someone, he dies. Yep. Okay. He did that Taylor Swift stunt. He goes away. He releases. He then releases My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. He goes away. Again. Causes some more controversy. Starts dating Kim Kardashian. Releases Yeezus. What do these have in common? Boom. Seminal works of our, our art. It's all planned. It was, he, he's like a chess game to him. You know, it's the it's all a rich tapestry that was well planned before he was even born. Like he was doing it in the most, uh, you know, when he was just matter coming together. <laughs> and now, like all the others, like great musicians and singers, he's going through a crazy Christian period. Yeah, Bob Dylan, Prince, Kanye West. Vanity. Yeah. Vanity six. <laughs> so what those six of them. So Jazz Nash, we're reaching the end of the show. Do you yeah. have a crazy Christian period to plug? Uh yeah, I went to a Christian school. So uh ah. that's, real, that's wild. So uh I'm sorry. And uh, <laughs> I think that ruins me more than anything, really. Do you want a story? Or are you just <laughs> are you wrapping things up? A story, what type of story? A Christian story. Is that what I mean, on it. A Hans Christian story? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. So there were like a bunch of little kids and they go to this guy's house. Turns out he's a pedophile. And then they wow. like kicked him in an oven and he caught fire. And then those kids were like the youngest kids to be uh, charged for manslaughter. And so the end. Well, and that inspired leaving Neverland, didn't it? <laughs> Pretty much. That and money. <laughs> Lots of money. So, you know, <clears throat> I was waiting for the ghost of Michael Jackson to defend himself because you know, now he's dead. He can be anywhere. He could, just, he could have just moonwalked through the wall in like thriller music plays and just be like, you're ignorant. <laughs> that never happened. And then just float off. You know, apparently Justin Timberlake invented the moonwalk. All right. I thought, it was Michael, I thought it was Michael Jackson too, but I was corrected by my previous guest, Stazer and Keith. It was you Justin. say Michael Jackson too? Is there like a backup Michael Jackson? They can... Is it like the I second thought... Paul McCartney? No, I thought, I thought it was Michael Jackson too. T-O-O. All right, sure. But it was, it was Justin Timberlake. Yeah. No, so, he's not Michael Jackson. Jav Nash, do you have any final words? What is this podcast? Uh, just uh, ham, rissoles, beef, uh, Luxembourg, and uh, penny royalty. Is that what you're going to go out on? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Well, you could just loop. Just loop me saying something over and over again. Just loop me saying that's your word something and just till it fades out. And I'll just I'll just fade into the ether. 
Maybe just saying ham over and over again, but over under ambient music. Same ham. Ham, 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 ham. Trav Nash, <clears throat> thank you for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I hope there's something useful amongst all that. Oh, yeah, man. I'm sending this to Trip J, man. Are they still Triple J? They used to be like double F or something at some point, and then they. I don't know, they leveled up or something. Yeah, they got um, augmentation surgery and now they're triple J. They're not double S. <laughs> sure. Okay. Now, here's well, I can, my... I, I can picture that. You can picture that? Yeah. The augmentation? Mm, looks good. Looks good. So says Trav Nash. <laughs> now, here's my sign-out phrase. Frostbird and us guys coming in!